Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast, where we automate all of the things and automate your technology into doing your automation bidding. Uh, David, could I have fitted the word automate into our intro one more time, do you think? It felt automatic. felt automatic. Uh, well, I mean, there we go. Because, I mean, I've been automating some stuff. You've been automating some stuff. I've been automating my new iPhone Purple Pro uh, because they finally did Purple this year, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you're um, the first person I thought about when I saw that. Now, I heard in the reports, I haven't seen one personally, that they actually are not that purple. Are you satisfied with the purpleness? So, it really depends on the light that you look at it in. And I'm very pleased to report that in the lighting in my office, it is exceptionally purple. And not only that, but the 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 camera area is even more purple, which is, you know, the perfect part because, you know, yeah. I, I will be putting cases on this. I have the the Apple Clear MagSafe case on there right now. Um, I also have a really lovely Otterbox sort of watercolor rainbow uh, <laughs> one, which I've, I've got um, ready for when I feel like changing things up. But, um, you know, I, I like the fact that the camera cutout is purple and I'm going to be seeing that and, and playing with that. Yeah. And uh, I'm slightly sad that Shortcuts doesn't appear to be showing up in the dynamic island, but I figure we'll get to that at some point. Yeah. Well, what generally are your thoughts about the new phones? Um, I guess let's start cameras. Yeah. You, you like the cameras? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really liking it. I'm liking the fact that we have the the two and the three times zoom options now uh, available to us. Um, so when you, when you go to take a picture, um, I think it was the 12 pro um, that had the two times optical zoom. And then the 13 had the three times. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that I now have both because of that 48 megapixel sensor. Um, it, it is really great. I've, I took some pictures when I picked up my phone because uh, I had a bit of a problem with the pre-order for some reason, it just didn't go through, wouldn't go through, wouldn't go through. I ended up canceling, the pre-order and redoing my order from scratch. Um, and uh, the only way I was going to get it on launch day was I had to go and pick it up in store in person, which I was able to do. Thank goodness. Uh, so I, I had to go in store, which meant I got to see all the colors and confirm purple is best naturally. Yeah. Uh, not that I was expecting anything else. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so I, I went out and took some some pictures while I was out and I'm, I'm really, really happy with the camera. You know, it's not that the camera before was bad. But this is one of the reasons why they sell new iPhones every year, right? Because yeah. people want to upgrade for the camera and that the camera really is great. My dad was asking me all sorts of questions about it. and was like, do you really need the 14? Like, maybe I can have the 14 and you can have the 13. And I was like, I've just had the 13 for a year and I'm not missing the purple iPhone, dad. Come on. Yeah. Come on, dad. <laughs> the, the, um, I, you know, I actually do. I took it to Disneyland and shot some pictures with it and I feel like the uh, the 2X is better than I expected because the way they're getting the 2X is they're taking the middle 12 pixels on the 48 yeah. megapixel sensor. But I mean, while the sensor is bigger, when you quadruple the number of pixels, the actual size of the pixels is smaller than the prior phone. Um, mm. So I, I wondered if the 2X was going to be a little grainy. And it actually looks pretty good. I was doing some pixel peeping this morning on some of the 2X photos and they look very good, and and you know, granted, I know Apple does a ton of post production on those yes. those pixels, but they um, they look better than I expected on the two X. And then, I also am really curious for for you as a software developer, what is your feeling on the Dynamic Island, and how's it look to you, and all that. Well, I'm I'm excited by this, and what I'm really excited by is the fact that they've tied this into those uh, live notification updates. Um, so um, we saw this come out at WWDC. It's not in the uh, 16 release; it'll be in 16.1 by the looks of it. 
um, where you can have like um, a notification or a special activity. Sorry, it's live activities on your lock screen. Yeah. So the examples or the classic examples are like you ordered an Uber seeing like, you know, that your driver is this far away, this far away, this far away, and they're here. Um, or your Domino's pizza, because it's got those four stages where it can go through them and they can yeah. update the activity. I like the fact that it's tied into that because I feel like where some of the features before have struggled, like force touch, 3D touch uh, being one of them, is the fact that developers don't want to invest the time developing for something that's only on certain models of iPhone. Because, you know, we already have enough problems with developers not doing something for the iPad. Because, well, you know, Instagram, oh, well, we don't think that there would be enough users for Instagram on the iPad. And it's like, well, yes, because you prevent them from using Instagram yeah, on the iPad. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, so I'm, I'm really glad that it ties in. And I feel like this this really is, you know, Apple saying like, hey, cool new feature. There's already rumors it's going to be across the iOS 15 lineup, of course. Um, um, and, um, you know, and also we're trying to make it easy on those awesome developers that you know we keep talking about how great our app store is we're trying to make it easier for those folks because it's you know they develop once and it's in more places it's the same story with the lock screen complications are now the the watch complications you know they're they're one and the same so if you develop one you you don't quite get the other for free but it's much closer than it was yeah um, and i feel like this is a huge win for developers and it means that of course all of the awesome users of uh, these devices get to benefit from that. Yeah, I, I think it's really nice. And it, it got me thinking, like, of course, this is here because of the, the camera cutouts. But what happens when the camera cutouts are gone? Is this going to remain? And um, Well, I kind of want to see it actually on the iPad because for me, this is the menu bar. Like yeah. the menu bar has come to my iPhone. Yeah. And I feel like that is a really useful feature, you know, being able to see that, you know, like right now this album is playing or something and to easily jump to it without going to the notification center or the control center yeah. or having to slide over an app or split screen or something, just being able to tap on it and get to this information. You know, it, it, I think that's really cool. And I've seen some some proof of concepts going around on Twitter where people are talking about, you know, like, hey, maybe the Dynamic Island in future could do this and this. And it feels like people have got a lot of ideas for it. And I feel like personally, you know, like, this area at the top of your screen, it's not a dead zone, but like I personally always want to be able to see how much battery life I've got and what the time is and things like that. And it, there was a, a craze a couple of years ago where developers would just be like, yeah, I'm just taking over the entire screen and you're yes. not going to get to see the time or what your battery like is like or what your, your signal is like or that you're on Wi-Fi or not. Um, and I feel like that has started trending away now because of the notch. Because what can you put in those corners, right? Yeah. What is actually going to benefit the user? And I feel like if the dynamic island sticks around, then, um, you know, that that's going to be really useful. I also think that maybe you get a better camera because you're, they're not trying to blend it into the screen so much. Um, they are making a feature of it. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if we're getting a better camera, but there's two sensors up there. Um, you know, it's entirely possible that Apple are taking advantage of the fact that they've um, you know, put some software around that bit of hardware to give us uh, something even more awesome. So, and I, I wouldn't put that past Apple. They've, they've always been uh, sometimes slow to implement a feature, right? But then they say, yeah, but we did it better. And, you know, sometimes they're wrong, but sometimes they're right. In this case, I think they're right. I mean, I, I think you're going to see this copied by everybody soon. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, having been there when the Mac first arrived, I, I feel like the thing the Mac brought to computers that I'd never seen before at the time was whimsy. And this mm. feels like whimsy to me, the way it kind it of does. animates and bounces. And it's kind of cute. I don't know, for lack of a better term. And that, that to me is nice. And I hope this is, uh, you know, I hope they continue to think this way going forward and add yeah. more, more whimsy to these devices to make them more personal. Did you notice if you dismiss an app and you do like a curveball, it like bounces off the side of your phone and then goes into the dynamic island and like the dynamic island will expand and then contract as it absorbs the app in. Um, Cable from Panic put a, a great tweet um, on Twitter showing that and he had a slow-mo video. I'll see if I can find it to put it in the show notes um, because I, I, I love the fact that there is that whimsy in there. Sure, if you just dismiss straight upwards, you're never going to notice this. But seriously, folks, try. If you've got a, a 14 Pro or you you can borrow a 14 Pro from a friend for this, try playing some music in the music app um, and then dismissing your phone and swiping it as far from like the right to the left or the left to the right as you can as you do this and just watch what happens with the app and the way that it sort of bounces off the screen and the dynamic island absorbs it. It's quite good fun. I get spent a good five minutes doing that yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree. And now, while we're on this topic, before we move on, um, we started talking about the, the fact that shortcuts isn't really there. I'm going to put you in charge of <laughs> Apple and the shortcuts team. How would you like to see shortcuts arrive in the dynamic island? Well, it's one of those things where, on the one hand, do shortcuts belong in the dynamic island? Yes and no. But I feel like shortcuts should be available on the lock screen. And when a shortcut is running, like especially a longer running shortcut, it should interact with the dynamic island and like show me that my shortcut is running. You know, the, if you tap um, the, 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 uh, the tile of a shortcut in the shortcuts app and you see that play button. Um, pop up and it, it goes around and shows you the progress. Why not do that? Show me the icon on the left um, and then over on the right hand side, show me the progress of my shortcut. Um, and then as, um, you know, potentially things that I need to interact with pop up, let them slide down from that and expand. Um, I, I feel like that would be a, a place to start. And, you know, I have no idea how much heads up the shortcuts team had on uh, the 14 Pro coming. I'm imagining they may have been a little busy with the whole iOS 16 thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless of whether or not they were given a heads up, but it would be really cool if they get to do something with the Dynamic Island with things like that and potentially even maybe suggesting shortcuts to you through that. You know, when you when you go into the app switcher and it suggests apps for you um, based on, you know, handoff and things that you often use at this time of day and so on, it would be really nice maybe if the dynamic island could integrate with this too. It sure would. And and I do think that, um, you know, Apple is watching. They, every time they do something like this, you know, sometimes it will get completely ignored. Remember the, the touch bar, you know, and then yep. sometimes they'll build on it, you know, like uh, focus modes last year, they really built on a lot. And, and I, I think dynamic Island is interesting enough that this one merits further work and making yeah. it more interactive. And I love the idea of it on the iPad like you, I think it's, it really could be that thing, you know, on the iPad, what made mouse support on the iPad so interesting was that they made it for an iPad. They didn't just copy over mouse support from the Mac. And I feel like this dynamic island could be something similar in terms of, you know, trying to get menu bars and commands and things on an iPad. I think there's something there to this that would be special and unique to the iPad. So 
I hope they're exploring it and uh, hope we get more of it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really exciting to see what happens. And I think that's the thing with all of these features, right? We don't necessarily get everything from day one. We were talking about this in the last episode with, um, you know, shortcuts actions from certain apps. You know, Reminder seems to add a bunch of features and then the next year it adds the shortcut actions for them. I feel like, especially when it comes to hardware features, you know, not everybody can get a heads up on the software side, but I feel like we we will see things trickle in. And especially if the Dynamic Island comes to all of the iPhones next year, uh, then we'll, we'll see it in more and more places. And then your idea about the lock screen, you know, or the, you know, the, you know, the, what do they call it now? It's not the lock screen. It's the sleep screen, you mm-hmm. know, the always yeah. on display widgets. I, I would like to see them at least take a stab at getting some shortcuts in there. You know, the, most of the stuff isn't very interactive, so I'm not sure how it would work. And it only gets refreshed once a second, but. Well, I don't necessarily need it to be able to update, but give me access, like just let me run the shortcuts that I use most frequently in these focus modes. Yeah. You know, if I have a a fitness focus mode, let me have a a button on my home screen that will let me, um, you know, run a shortcut. You know, I can do that with the launcher app. Um, You know, obviously it has to unlock your phone and everything to run it. But, you know, other apps are doing this, but the shortcuts uh, app itself doesn't have lock screen widget support, um, which is a shame. Um, so it does have watch complication support though. So I wonder if maybe the shortcuts team have said like, hey, we're gonna, you know, focus on all of the other iOS 16 things that we have to do with um to start with. And then we're gonna come back and look at watch complications and lock screen complications and do that together. Um, which would be pretty cool because I know you can't do everything at the same time as much as we all wish that the shortcuts team had infinite resources and availability i'm also glad that it's not a humongous team that can't get anything done because of its own size yeah then of course as a power user i would like at least one lock screen with double the widgets you know i would like more um but i don't know Uh, we'll, we'll take this stuff in baby steps this episode of the automators is brought to you by electric unbury yourself from it tasks and get a free pair of beat solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualifying meeting just go to electric.ai slash automators. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. I mean, you're listening to the automators. You know how to do this stuff, but that doesn't mean you should be doing this stuff. If you're working on your business, you want to make sure that you get things taken care of that are important for the business, not necessarily IT drudgery. If you're trying to make big decisions and keep your small business on track, you should not be managing IT. Instead, you should go to Electric. For Automator's listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. That's electric, E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C dot A-I slash automators. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones 
for scheduling a qualified meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Okay, Rose. So the topic for today is all about me. Um, I <laughs> I've been talking about this. So I have um, spent some money and built a little room. I've added a room onto the house for the purpose of recording in it. And I just wanted to have space that I kind of control. You know, I want to do more video with the Max Berkey Labs and the field guides, and I do a lot of podcasting. I just need a nice space. And um, I've tried, you know, using one of the bedrooms in the past that didn't work out and. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but now I have built dedicated space for it. And as you and I talk today, they are installing the, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The floor molding, you know, the, um, baseboard, um, oh, in the right. room. So skirting I mean, board in English. Okay. There you go. I like that. I like that term better, but the, um, uh, it's painted. A lot of the finishes mm-hmm. are in the electrical nice. isn't turned on yet, but it will be very shortly. So everything is like, we're heading towards the end there. I'm really hoping and I don't want to guarantee anything anymore because I feel like construction has a life of its own. But I'm really oh, yeah. hoping that the next time I sit down with you to record the Automator's podcast, I'll be in my studio. Awesome. Which I've lovingly named Indoor Studios. Um, of but course. the other thing that has occurred to me kind of slowly throughout this process is I have always customized my home automation around the fact that I live with other humans who do not listen to the Automator's podcast and don't really care about a lot of that stuff. Um, Excellent. So I've always had to like kind of rein myself in a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons why the Lutron Cassetta switches were such a win for me because, you know, my wife and kids could still turn the, the lights off and on without an, without an app, right? Yeah. But yeah. it occurs to me, Rose, that this room is my room. It's yours. It's my room. I mean, I picked so, the pink so colors. David, yes. what I'm hearing here, um, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you would like me to drag you down the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland style. Yes. I have a Cheshire Cat grin on my face ready for this because I'm so excited. I even have purple stripey hair today because I, I just got my uh, my hair updated. So nice. it, it's like the, the blue and purple stripes of the Cheshire Cat, which is just really perfect. I, I, I feel like this was meant to be. Can, because... I, can I just make one comment that you said you got your hair updated and I love that about you? that like yeah you look at like coloring your hair like a firmware update and that's one of the reasons we love you i mean it's uh, honestly i kind of consider it you know like when when the new version of ios comes out and they've they've changed something and just made it look a bit nicer and maybe they haven't changed a lot under the hood um you know we don't know it it all depends um but it just kind of looks like it's it's got a, a you know a bit of a fresh look uh you know i kind of consider updating my hair the same way you know i go get my hair colored and have a lovely afternoon with my awesome hairdresser and i feel like i come out with having having had a bit of an update um and you know a bit of a refresh it's so that that's almost like a thing. ui update like a new yeah. ui whereas like yeah, the, uh, if you got like if you broke your arm or something that would be a hardware update when they yes. fix that yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah. So to make yeah. Sure Having I broken an ankle, yeah, not that long ago, which you bore witness to. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend that side of the hardware update. But you know, having a really good, nice, long sleep or something, which I've been doing a lot of in the last week because I took a week off work. Um, yes. That that also feels like a, a hardware update. Yes. So you know, it definitely so, so good. does. So, All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's so, cool. But so the point for today is. I have always been conservative about this stuff because I didn't want to get something that was going to make my family crazy. Um, yeah. Like, you know, one of the examples, the obvious examples is like infrared sensors to turn lights off and on. And yeah, that seems great. 
And I would be totally cool with that in my house, but I'm not sure my family would honestly. And, um, yeah. So, but so I need you to guide me down this rabbit hole because I don't want, I want you to make sure that I don't limit myself here. You know, mm-hmm. this is the chance, yeah. you know, I spent the yes. money to build the room. I'm definitely going to spend a little bit of money to make it cool with home kit stuff. And, and that, that is one of my, um, uh, that's one of my limitations for you today is it needs to work in home kit generally. Yep. Um, uh, I guess maybe I could make an exception if you gave me a really good reason, but, uh, well, don't forget you've got your home assistant yellow on the way and yes. anything that you can add to home assistant, you can share back to home kit, yes. uh, which is what I do with all of my things because I've, I've gone pretty much hubless, um, now and I just have home assistant and it shares all of my sensors and, and things back to home assistant at home kit. If I actually want them in home kit, because I've discovered I'd actually like for example, um, the the power plug that monitors my washing machine and and tumble dryer, yeah. I do not want those in HomeKit because otherwise, if I say, "Hey, Apple lady, turn everything off," yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if my washing machine's in mid cycle, <laughs> she's gonna turn it off, uh, which uh, is very much not my uh, desire. So I have uh, avoid. I've been careful with making things available to myself um, because I know what I'm like, right? Yeah, uh, you know. Where it's it's easy to make a mistake when it comes to something like that, but I feel like you know there's there's a lot that we can go through here, and I feel like maybe we need to start at the ceiling with the lights, um, because I know you've mentioned to me before that you were installing um, some spotlights uh, right in your ceiling. Yeah, so that I have what I've done is is the room has two lighting circuits, uh, the main lighting circuit. They're all can lights, you know those. Well, that's what we call them in the U.S. They're like they're inserted they're embedded in the ceiling and there's a main set, which are bright can lights and there's six of those. And then there are many spotlights that I can um, actually kind of point. I can rotate and point them a bit Nice. and they're uh, lower wattage and um, they're all led, but they're lower equivalent wattage. And there's six of them along to one wall and six of them along another wall. So there's, in fact, let's just stop. Stop. Let me just take a minute to outline the room for everybody listening. It's 14 foot wide and 20 feet long. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a long room um, on and on the two small walls, you know, the 14 foot walls. One of them connects to the house. So I've got a door that goes from the house into the studio. And then on the opposite wall, the opposite 14 foot wall, there is another door that goes to the backyard. So I've right. got two doors and then. One of the big walls um, faces south, and that wall has no windows, no doors. It's just just a, a long wall that I've done uh, wood treatment on, so I can use it for like a video background. Mm-hmm. And my the reason I did that was because the sunlight is when you try to record videos, the sunlight, especially where I live in the afternoon, is just brutal, and it means you can't record for like three hours. So now I have the problem solved. There's no window um, on the opposite long wall there is a window um there and you know kind of room for my desk and whatnot um so that's the kind of the room setup but in the ceiling i've got these um big you know main lights and these highlight lights and like one of the ideas of the mini spotlights is they point down at that wood wall they're along the two long walls yeah there's a third uh lighting circuit in the room and that points at um a plug that's in the outside of the door in the house. So like the door that leads into the studio has a plug over the top of the door and Mm -hmm. I'm going to put like an on air light of some sort there. Right. And 
so I can throw a switch and then people will know I'm recording. They don't barge in while I'm recording. Um, and then there is one other circuit there where there are some plugs in the ceiling of the studio. That's not really lighting, but so there's a, there's a four switch like thing as you walk in. And mm-hmm. the only thing I've done so far in terms of automation is I bought four Lutron Cassetta switches for mm-hmm. that. That hurt. Those right. are expensive, but they, uh, but they're all, but, but they're all completely controllable through apps and automation and everything because they're all Lutron Cassetta. Yes. And I think, I mean, I think the really good thing about that as well is it's then consistent with the rest of your house. Uh, right. So if for you, as well as you walk through, it doesn't feel like, oh, right, because I'm in this area, I have to act differently and use things differently to how I do in other areas of the house. And if, you know, your your wife or your daughters go into your studio to grab something for you, maybe, or, you know, looking for you and they need to turn on a light, they're going to know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's definitely something to be said there for the consistency okay. um, of selling uh, of, of that. So those are also dimmable, right? Um, those Lutron Yeah, I got the dim- yeah. They have two different versions. I got dimmables. Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, that is a great start because, you know, you've already got the lighting and you've got the ability to control that and you're going to be able to use the Lutron Cassetta with whatever, you know, solutions you end up looking at because... I think for me, one of the things that has worked incredibly well for my home automation when it comes to, you know, recording podcasts and video um, is um, being able to tie the automation of things like the lights into the other context switching that I do because I use bunch uh, to, to switch context. So like, for example, when I sat down today, I clicked into the bunch menu in my menu bar on my Mac and I clicked the record automators bunch. Uh, and that does a whole bunch of things, including run some shortcuts, which will ta-da, trigger scenes based on, um, you know, what I'm doing. Um, and so it turned on one particular light for me so that I can see easily while I'm recording. You know, I'll be able to see everything on my desk and not knock over drinks and so on. Uh, but because I have those different contexts, when I click on the record iOS today button, it will all it will turn on different lights behind me for the background lighting for the video because iOS today also has a video component yeah. and I'm thinking, um, you know, you haven't mentioned any colors in there, um, at all yet. Um, so I'm guessing that these are, you know, just white dimmables. Maybe they have different, um, like shades of white potentially. Yeah, they're, they're temperature just white. Um, right. They're cool. not, they're not like the full on, you know, three uh, colored lights. So yeah. I can't change well, them. What I'm wondering about is if you potentially want to add, um, so the Hugo or Iris or, uh, or similar, or there's some really lovely um, other color lamps um, that you can get as well. Um, I think Inner makes some, which pair to a Hue Hub, um, which are really nice because the Hue Hub will let you pair some other Zigbee devices to it. And Inner, I-N-N-R, um, do combine with that. I'm wondering if maybe like one, two, or even three uh, color lights just putting color onto the wood wall behind you. These are not intended necessarily to provide light in the sense of sure. I'm seeing what like I'm doing. Accent, yeah. But yeah, just accent lighting. Cause that's one of the things that uh, Micah does on iOS today. And I do as well. Um, and I see quite a few uh, creators doing. And of course the best part of this is, is you can do seasonal theming, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, at Christmas you can go all out with Christmassy colors valentine's day you could do reds and pinks um and you know fourth of july red white and blue i guess um and if you um you know you can do that and it'll be fun for you as well because you know i'm, I'm guessing you would enjoy 
having uh, some some fun colors there. Um, but also, you know, it's it's just something that's a little bit different. And it means that you've got that gorgeous wood, but you can add some contrast to it. You know, I'm thinking Halloween, if you've got like greens and purples and maybe sure. some orange thrown in there or something, then um, especially if you uh, adjust your spotlights a bit to increase some of the shadowing on the wood, uh, then that could be really good fun. And it's only a couple of lights and you can get some color HomeKit uh, compatible lights pretty cheaply. Yeah. Um, which, you know, definitely makes it good fun. Do you recommend the Hue or uh, the Hue Goes or what, which ones do you recommend? So I like my Hue Go, um, though, like it, it's one of those things where it says that it's a battery uh, compatible one so that you yeah. don't have to have it plugged in. The battery does not really last long enough for me. I find that like between like forgetting to charge it and then just like, oh, it ran out of like battery while I was using it. It just doesn't feel like it lasts long enough. Um, but the Hue Iris, and they had some mini Iris at one point. I'm not sure if they still have those. Um, would definitely be something that I would recommend um, because those are pretty bright um, and they're they're clear as well. The actual light itself is clear with a um, a, a sort of band around uh, the top where the actual light is, yeah. and so they're interesting. Um, but it means that the color comes out in all the places, which is quite fun. Um, so that's definitely something to look at. I know that they also do, um, he will also do outdoor lighting, which you've mentioned to me before that you were interested in uh, looking at some fun lights for outdoors. Um, so the fact that they also have like the lily um, spots um, for outdoor lighting is quite nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. And then they also have the Hue Bloom. That's another yes. one. Yeah, that one's quite nice. I, I like that one. I've... Uh, seen that before but i've never um uh, ended up actually having one uh the bloom has the advantage over the uh iris of of course it's cheaper the other thing that i could recommend which especially if you're looking for colorful accent lighting i would give a 110 out of 10 to are the play bars now these are intended to like stick behind a tv to, and then you can pair it with, say, a Hue sync box to uh, play your media through. So it goes through the sync box, which then talks to the play bars or a gradient strip. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it mirrors what's on your TV, essentially. So if you think um, Star Trek, um, the opening scene of Star Trek Next Generation, um, or the credits, sorry, um, where the, the ship goes to warp and it goes off in the top right corner of the screen, like, you know, you have the lights and the lights go from the bottom left and then they flash off at the top right just after the Enterprise goes off screen. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of thing that these are intended for. But the play bars don't have to be used like that. They're just hue lights. So you can actually use them, like, just to provide background lighting and they work horizontally or vertically. They've got, like, a stand that comes with them. Um, so that might be worth looking at and you can get pairs of those, um, which um, I, I'm just looking on the Philips UK website. Uh, a pair of play bars is 120 pounds and a single bloom or go is 79.99. Um, and then the, the iris is uh, 95. So it might be worth looking at that, even though, you know, these are not necessarily intended as decorative lights. They're quite nice. Um, I certainly like the two behind my TV. They, they look pretty nice. They blend in. They're pretty discreet, but they provide a lot of color. When you're looking so for you put it. them on top or below or i mean on top and below i i mean i have uh a tv that's not available in the us it's actually got um the 
the the sort of ambient lighting strip built into the back okay. of it. So it's got LEDs built into the back, but I've just got the play bar, uh, one left and one right, um, bounced on the um, TV stand just to provide extra lighting there. And it's really cool. I yeah. really like it. But yeah. the play bars are pretty awesome. And I think that they would be good fun. And also you can always move them, right? And put them like on, on your desk, uh, pointing from behind your monitor to the wall to provide backlighting so that the uh, the contrast between the screen and the rest of the room isn't so high, which will help your eyes out. Yeah, that is one. I already have a hue color strip along the edge of my desk. So that one, mm-hmm. that's the one, I guess that's one other piece of automation or, or lighting that I'm bringing in. But I do want to, I think you're right. There needs to be a couple things. There probably should, because the, the background wall is going to be lit from above with white lighting. I think that's going to look nice, but having a little color accent below would be a good idea. I also probably need to make a hairline light. You know, they make those lights you put behind you that point to the back of your head. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think a hue go would be appropriate for that. I think it needs to be something a little more intense. No, but uh, honestly, actually the play bar might be, um, it, it would be, um, pretty like those things are pretty bright. Um, if you're looking right at them and that might work really well. And um, one one thing I, I should mention that I really like about the play bar is you get the plug for the play bar and it's um, like it's a transformer plug. OK, so it's one of the larger ones, but it's got three holes in it. And so you can connect three lights to the same plug. Nice. And that to me is just like one of those little things that like a lot of places wouldn't necessarily think about. But Philip's definitely, you know, sat down and thought about this and thought, like, how many plugs do people actually have around their TV units? Yeah none like they don't have spare ones so like being able to plug like um you can do it with the 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 um gradient strip and the um sync box i've forgotten the name the official name of the sync box but either way um and and the play bars and you can connect all those um you know like they both both all of them i think come with like that that same transformer with multiple plug points on which is quite smart so that works. And the other thing to to do is um I've I got my iris on Amazon and I got it from their like return section, yeah. like use like new. Um and it was genuinely like new. It was like brand new. It still had all the stickers and everything on it. The box was just damaged. Um so it's it's worth keeping an eye out for that kind of deal. And of course, you know, the time of year that we're at, you know, Black Friday and so on will be coming up. So you can definitely look out for things like that to try and take advantage of it. Um, you know, I've, I've looked at things like Hue has got something called a Signa light, S-I-G-N-E, and those look really pretty, but they are very expensive. Um, they're like 190 pounds, um, for like, and they're really lovely standing lights. They can do multiple colors, but they're just expensive, very expensive. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but I feel like there's plenty of other products out there which offer really good value for money um even from the Philips line but the other one to look at of course is Meros because Meros have got some some nice things including they've got um their own um uh they've got a a 10 meter so 30 foot LED strip um which you can get for like $40 um on sale uh that like that's the full retail price to be clear and then they do um other things and so they've got some stuff like that. Um, but I don't know that they've got, um, any sort of like lights that would provide accent on that wooden wall that you've got, um, behind you, uh, for anything like this. I'm just checking their website and it doesn't look like they do, but they do have some other Q 
cute ambient lights and desk lights and so on. So for lighting, I'm going to have the room is going to be well lit when I'm not like mm. in production. I've got you know two sets of lights and um and then I do probably need some kind of accent stuff. And I that would be cool. So I could push a button and it would turn off the main lights, turn on the accent spots and something like a hue spotlight of some sort, colored spotlight in the background and um and be up up and going pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that that's uh, a, a nice idea. I've got uh, quite a few buttons. I've got lots of IKEA buttons actually on my desk. Uh, but if you don't already have an IKEA hub, that wouldn't necessarily be uh, such a good shout. But I know that you've already got an Akara hub, and the Akara buttons are pretty nice for things like that. And they have uh, single press, double press, and press and hold yeah. options, which means that you can you know have them do different things. And don't forget, of course, with HomeKit, any automation, if you scroll to the bottom, you can do the convert to shortcut. Yeah. Meaning that the press button can be a toggle. Um, so like, hey, if the lights are in this mode, turn them into that mode. And if they're in that mode, turn them into this mode or something. Yeah, or, or set it as a scene and give it a URL and then you can yeah. trigger it with a URL. And, yes, and I also exactly. was thinking I could script that to where like if I have an appointment that says like video production and that's in the name of the appointment, it would just turn them on. Or if it's podcasting, it would do something else. Um, yeah. Once I've got it into hooks into HomeKit, then I can, you know, kind of the sky's the limit for me. Yes. Yeah. This is something where I found Home Assistant to be exceptionally good because it's got calendar support, yeah. including like triggers X minutes before. Um, so one of the things I did, I have a, a lava lamp um, in my office um, and lava lamps look really awesome um, in the background but they look better when they've been on for half an hour to warm up than yeah. when they've just turned them on at the start of the show. So I have the lava lamp turn on 30 minutes before an iOS Today episode. Um, and it just does that for me automatically um, because, you know, I have it watch that calendar and it goes, oh, right, 30 minutes before an episode, go, 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 turn on. Um, and that means that I just don't even need to think about preparing that. It, it's just done automatically based on my calendar. Yeah. For me, the um, the the final bit of lighting for me is, well, maybe it's the final bit. I, I take that back. I've got a couple of things. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, number one is for the exterior of the building, I have some of those UFI spotlights with in integrated cameras and I had yep. them on the house before we did the construction. I'm putting it back on. I'm perfectly happy with those. They, they wire into an exterior light fixture and nice. we're, we catch all sorts of stuff on it. the other night because the construction guys left their lunches out. We had a skunk in my backyard going through their lunches. And um, as you do. Yeah. So I sent them, I showed them a video. I'm like, see guys, you got to pick up your, your trash. I don't want skunks mm -hmm. in my backyard. Um, but the, uh, so that's cool. That's figured out. But then I also, because I don't think I'm going to put the desk next to the window. My historically, I had a huge window behind my desk, which made lighting my face when I was doing camera work on my, um, on my um, in front of my computer very easy because I had a massive light source right behind it. But yeah, the new window isn't as big and I don't think I want to put this big monitor in front of my view. So I think I'm going to scooch the desk a little bit to the right of the window. And, and as a result, I'm going to put up a, uh, one of those, um, I'm going to put up a, uh, a light, you know, one of those face lights that you put next to your screen to light you yeah. when you're doing it. And I haven't picked one yet. I don't know. Have you got any experience with those? 
Uh, I do. And um, there's a really nice Elgato light actually for yeah. this. And I was, I just saw something the other day. I'm going to have to go back and find it now because uh, it was on Twitter and it's going to be way back in my history uh, where somebody figured out uh, a way to control it use it actually i think it was dan morin on six colors even um so i i probably saw it on twitter first um but i'm now thinking that it was uh dan on six colors he was talking about this he's he's got a way to control it from the mac um which is of course you know something that is really nice to have so you can tie it into everything else you're doing uh because for me the magic of home automation right is where it really uh blends into everything else and just ties in uh, I have, I misspoke. It is not an Elgato light. It is the Logitech Litra Glow, and he's controlling it via shortcuts. So that is exactly what we wanted, and I will be putting the link to that blog post in our show notes for yeah, everyone. I'll take a look. I, I'm generally uh, in the camp for Elgato because their stuff has always worked so well for me, you know. But let me look at it. Well, this one, of course, he's got Stream Deck buttons for it now, um, yeah. and that's in the blog post. Um, and and that light looks pretty good. The other thing that I've done in the past, um, and I, I have that running now, is um, I just bought some cheap studio lights off Amazon, like USB power ones. Yeah. Like you plug them in, they're on, you unplug them, they're off. And then I bought some smart USB plugs. So yeah. they're from Sonoff and yeah. it's just USB-A, but it can you can turn it on and off uh, via Wi-Fi. Um, and those are pretty great. Um, I've used them for, uh, I had uh, before I managed to get rid of the IKEA hub. Um, it was definitely being a bit wonky, and I found that the solution to this was to reboot it once a day. So I just had the Sonoff like turn it off for like a minute at three o'clock in the morning, and then turn it back on again, uh, which pretty much solved the problems I was having until I had the time to migrate everything over, um, which was good. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice to see that there are more options for things like this coming out uh, as we go. Um, I'm certainly liking. I I I like the. Uh, Elgato stuff, but I do find it's also kind of pricey. Um, and uh, I feel like if you're looking for something uh, home automation wise, then you can definitely find plenty of awesome options uh, at very affordable prices, which, you know, definitely makes the uh, the cost of the new studio a little less, right? Yes, yes. This episode of Automations is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps to find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, It's one of those things. Looking for a new job or a new person to work for you is really tricky, and it's natural that we're going to want to go and try and find out more information from whichever side of the table you're sitting on. And the beauty of LinkedIn Jobs is, of course, that information is linked right there, and you can both see it. So you know who you're going to be interviewing with or, you know, who's potentially going to be interviewing for your position. And you get to see that information and get a better sense of who these people really are. You can have a free job post up and running within minutes on LinkedIn. It's so easy. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire, meaning you can be sure to finish the year strong with the right team members on board. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash automators. That's linkedin.com slash automators to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So, you know, lighting is stuff I'm, I've been doing for some time with uh, home automation. But the thing I've avoided really is a lot of automatic triggers. That's because, you know, that's where I feel like I kind of make my family's life miserable. But I feel like all the uh, all the restraints are removed in this room. I, you know, I I'm all into sensors. And um, what's which ones are you using and what kind of stuff are you doing with them that, that you think would make sense for me? Well, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before. I have the vibration sensor on my office chair. So if I'm sitting fairly still in my office chair, it'll still notice me because there's vibration um, and and that sensor picks it up. And I have just standard motion sensors and door sensors in various rooms. So uh, my bathroom doesn't have a window. Um, And so the door to the bathroom is open unless somebody's in there, Uh, which means that it's very simple for me to have a door sensor when door is closed light stays on, please. Um, and I also have a motion sensor in there. So if I just run in there to, you know, brush my hair or something, then it, it pops up on the light. Um, and that's pretty great. Um, but uh, there's a, a new sensor out from Akara, which of course I ordered. I managed to get it uh, early from AliExpress. It's uh, the Akara Human Presence Sensor FP1. Okay, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and it is a plug-in sensor okay that plugs in so it's it's not using batteries it's not going to run out and it uses mm wave um but it is amazing at detecting somebody in a room like if i had this in my office i wouldn't need the vibration sensor even if i'm sitting really still it would still know that i'm here and i've tested it in my living room like i just sat there reading for ages on my kindle it did not notice me like it didn't not notice me sorry is the what i should be saying like other motion sensors turned off and we're like, yeah, she's not here, even though they're like looking right at me. Note the Akara one, it knew I was there the entire time. It was, it's really great. And this is where I would be going if I was looking for motion sensors. Um, like all of the other rooms, I've, I've adequately carpeted them with things. I've got uh, all sorts of things set up. Like I, I've been playing with a Raspberry Pi and a thermal camera um, in one room just to see, um, you know, if I can do something with that. And they all work really well, but if you want something that just works and connects to the Akara Hub and therefore straightened HomeKit, yeah, this this is the one. Um, it is exceptionally good. Yeah, and that is not in Amazon yet, as I no no, but it is available. For example, on AliExpress, um, I got mine within like a week of ordering it, which was pretty great. Um, and it should be available uh, through Amazon and uh, if you're in Europe. Uh, the Apple stores um, fairly soon, I believe. Um, but it it is definitely coming. But this thing is impressive. It is yeah. incredibly good at sensing people, um, you know, even when you're asleep. Um, and it's using the newer Zigbee 3.0, which is slightly better at doing, um, you know, handoff and so on, because uh, Zigbee is a, a mesh network, right? Where yeah. battery powered devices will connect to powered devices on that same mesh um, uh, so that they can, you know, pass the message along essentially um but um previous generations of zigbee and especially the akara stuff it would just pair to whatever it was closest to and it would never look for another friend to help it talk to to the hub um or the coordinator in the center 
Um, and the the 3.0 stuff is really good at doing that. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not having any problems. Of course, this is plugin itself, which is, is great. Yeah. But uh, I'm very impressed with it. And I, I definitely recommend if you're looking for motion sensors, then this would be where to go. And honestly, the Akara door sensors, and you've already got the flood sensor. You've, you've had, yeah. uh, the, the, the fun, uh, with, uh, the dog that stole the flood sensor. So your yeah. fridge was leaking, but it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> uh, before, um, but I definitely recommend looking into the Akara stuff for sensors because it's very affordable. Their stuff itself is actually quite small, which is nice, you know, not taking up a huge amount of physical space. Um, and, and I find Zigbee is exceptionally good for, uh, a connectivity option. You know, thread is definitely something to look at and the Eve things look pretty great. Um, but there's not a lot of options out there, which drives up the cost. Um, whereas if you get the slightly older generation of Akara stuff, then that's even more affordable, which is definitely a win. Yeah. And so to be clear, this is just detecting humans. It doesn't give you like temperature data and things like that as well. And no, no, this one won't give you things like that. But also the best place to put a motion sensor is usually going to be in the corner of your room, yeah. um, like up fairly high, which is going to give you a pretty inaccurate temperature reading. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for accurate temperature data, then you're going to want a temperature sensor. Like, I mean, actually, I'd just go with a smart thermostat if I could, yeah. um, because that is going to be the best way of controlling things. Because the other thing is you only want the, the, the heat to be on to, you know, human comfort levels rather than, you know, mold avoidance levels when you're actually in your office, yeah. um, you know, or you're going to be in your office shortly. Um, you don't, you don't want it heating up at like three o'clock in the morning when you're fast asleep in bed. Um, so I'd definitely go smart thermostat with the temperature controls that way if, yeah. uh, and, and sensing because those should be able to report what temperature it accurately is. Well, the nice thing about this, this Acara um, occupancy sensor is it really does remove the need for multiple sensors like i was thinking yes. for motion with a room 14 by 20 i'd probably have to put one in opposite corners in order to be reliable but hopefully this will uh, be good enough to get that whole room I, I i think so like it covers my entire living room very comfortably yeah. um and you know i've i've tried deliberately positioning it in a way I didn't want it positioned yeah. and I put it in the far corner of my living room pointing at my at the doors both of the um other doors uh in my living room so there's a door to the outside but the other doors into the hallway and the kitchen are in the opposite corners to that and um I stood uh in my bedroom um and waved at the sensor um and it it could see me um and I know because I I then moved out of sight of the sensor <laughs> and waited for it to to say no there's no one there and then waved at it from the bedroom again, like, you know, came back into view and it, it spotted me. Um, and that that was impressive. I was really pleased about that. So I, I feel like this is definitely going to be uh, one worth looking at. They they are going to be sort of like $65-ish um, when they're available on Amazon. Um, but one good sensor, definitely worth having over multiple cheaper sensors that you have to position carefully and replace batteries on. Yeah, now I just want to get my hands on one. Now I'm going to order one, so I'll have to figure out that. Yeah, I will. Get, I will try and put a link to the place where I bought mine uh, from AliExpress in the show notes, um, because obviously I got my sensor and I was really pleased with it. Um, you will, uh, as a side note for anybody who is ordering from AliExpress, uh, especially those of you in Europe, um, you know what when you when you see the price, 
like after you add it to the basket and go to the checkout, it then adds like the taxes for the import and everything for you. So you won't get a surprise bill from customs afterwards, which is great. Um, but the price that you see to start with is not including taxes, um, which for us is over here is a bit of a head scratcher, obviously, for for you folks in America. Like you, David, it's, it's less uh, confusing because you're used to, you know, you see one price on the shelf and then you go through the checkout and it's a different price. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they do, they do handle that for, you know, uh, at least uh, for those of us in the UK and Europe, which is great. Okay. So I'm going to have a human detection sensor. I don't think, I don't know that I'm going to put a sensor on the door. I don't know what it would do for me. I have to think about it, but well, I wouldn't say that it's so much knowing about the door having been opened, but it's knowing that the door is open. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about summer, right, where you've got your air conditioner um, or winter when you've got a heater on, you don't want the 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 heating um, or the air conditioning running when the door's open, right? Same as the yeah. window. Like if, if the door or the window is open, then those really shouldn't be running. And also, if you leave them open by accident, um, then it would be nice to have an alert if they're open for more than a few minutes. Um, so I personally am a big fan of having uh, door and window sensors just because it allows me to do things like disable the heating um, and things when when those are, um, you know, when, when they're open. And also, um, I have it set up so that um, if I'm going somewhere, I run a shortcut um, and it tells me which windows are open so that I know that I need to go around and close them um, as, as part of what I'm doing so that when I leave, uh, I don't accidentally leave all the windows open or something. Yeah, I, I feel like you make a good argument because I, I do have them on the door because I don't want the doors left open. You know? Yeah. And sometimes people in the house forget to close the door and it's probably not a bad, bad idea to put one on the window either. And, uh, and I want to talk to you later about a security, turning this into a quasi security system. So maybe mm-hmm. it, you're, they're needed for that as well. But I'm, so I'm going to have sensors in there detecting door and window status and human occupancy. Um, the uh, the the air conditioning I'm putting in is kind of like a unique system just for the room, and I don't know that I'll be able to tie that into HomeKit, but but either way, I may put a temperature sensor in there. Um, the uh, but what do I do with the triggers for these? Now that we've talked about them, like it's obvious that when you walk in the room and there's a human there and it's dark, it's nighttime, it's dark out. HomeKit's smart enough to do that to turn basic lighting on. I mean, personally, I'd also add a light sensor. In. Yeah. So it luck sensor um, yes. for, for clarity, because if you add a luck sensor, then you can say, hey, when motion's detected and the luck sensor is reporting less than X, um, then turn on the lights. Right. Um, because you can use sunset and sunrise or an offset of sunset and sunrise uh, to approximate this. But if you've got a really cloudy day. Um, or you've had a really beautiful sunny day um, yes. and the sunset's late in the evening, you know, it it's, might be turning on the lights when you don't need it to. Um, and so, um, yeah, the, I, I would definitely add that. And then, yes, uh, what I do um, is uh, I use motion sensors to turn on the lights. I very rarely touch a light switch or a button to turn on lights unless I want specific setup of lights. Um, most of my lights just turn on automatically for me when I walk into a room. Um, and then they stay on until I leave the room, um, which I feel like is something that with the, uh, a car sensor, you would be able to do, um, because you can have, um, home kit turn off lights when you're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, that that would certainly be an option for you. Which light sensor do you use? Do you use the Acara motion sensor that has a light light detection? Uh, no, I have a dedicated Acara uh, Lux sensor, um, which is just like it's a little, it looks kind of like a, a, well, it looks like an AirTag, actually. That That's how I would describe it. It looks like an AirTag, um, but uh, it works uh, as a light sensor and it just reports the light tent uh, values back, which is great. Um, and I have mine. I have one in each room, actually, and I have them um, on my uh, windowsill uh, in the room because it gives me a more accurate light reading. And because in my case, I've got um, two different sides of my house. Um, you know, I've got sort of, um, uh, it's not, I don't even remember what direction it faces in. But either way, the sun is on one side of the building and it's on the other side of the building. Um, so, um, you know, it it means that I can say, hey, like when it's dark in this room, turn on the lights. But that doesn't mean that it's dark for the whole house um, necessarily. So um, that that certainly helps improve the the lighting for me uh, as as needed. Yeah, I'm going to have to look for those because I don't see that they sell those on Amazon. They've got a million Nakara products. Maybe I just need to look deeper. Uh, yes. So um, the originally, I think they were separately uh, available from Xiaomi and could be paired to the Akara Hub. Um, but, um, I, I just ordered my own, um, uh, ones, uh, again, I, I tend to order my car accessories from AliExpress just because they are affordable and they arrive pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, I think that one is a newer one and they definitely had a, a problem with the chip shortage during the pandemic where these were hard to get a hold of for a while. Uh, but they seem to be more widely available now. So I'll put a, a link to, uh, that one in the show notes for everyone. Okay. Excellent. So I'll be getting my lights turned on. I'm going to bring, I, I've got at least one home pod I can bring in. And I thought nice. that would also be fun to build some, some automation when I go in there to, you know, play some music. And mm-hmm. I don't know if what I'm going to do with that exactly. I think I'm probably just going to have it play like one song when I enter the room, you know, yeah, <laughs> at least yeah. I think it might get tedious to have, <laughs> but I do like music quite often in the background. So we'll see. And like in terms I of, I can go ahead. Suggest yeah. I would have it do this as a. Um, mm, I mean, what I would do is I would have it run or do a get contents of URL as a HomeKit action, and that would then run something on my Pushcut server, which would check what's on my calendar. Yeah. Because if I'm about to record a podcast, having it play some music, especially if I'm running a bit late, yeah, would drive me up the wall. Yeah. Um, and that's when Siri, of course, is going to misunderstand you um, and go, yeah, sure. I'm going to play some party music for you. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not what I wanted you to do. Thank Drop you. the disco ball. Uh, yeah, I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, obviously you're going to be uh, considering uh, adding uh, as your next option. Um, but uh, in, in the meantime, it would be definitely advisable if you can to hook your calendar into that in some way so that it knows, hey, you know, don't don't turn uh, don't play the music right now or uh, David's not at home. Um, that one you can do with HomeKit. So yeah. maybe don't play music when somebody comes in. Um, but yeah, that, those those are good options. I definitely want to play with that and just kind of see where that goes. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. And I want to talk about curtains. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Trade Coffee. Every day is precious and we should all make the most of every one. They shouldn't start with mediocre grocery store coffee. You deserve to start your day with the best coffee you can make at home from Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. 
because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country directly to your home on your preferred schedule. Your trade experience can be as simple or sophisticated as you want. You can quickly select from curated collections by roast, flavor profile, brewing method, and more. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. Or if you want something curated just for you, then take a minute to complete Trade Coffee's questionnaire. You'll be expertly matched with your perfect coffee, and a fresh bag of beans will be on its way. Daisy and I signed up for Trade Coffee, and we are digging it. They make it so easy to get signed up and find a coffee that you can try. Recently, we've been trying a new roaster, and that is one up at Lake Tahoe, California, where we took our honeymoon. That's why we picked them. They've also got a great name, Drink Coffee, Do Stuff. I love that name for a company. Anyway, the the blend we've been trying is called Bark at the Moon, and it's a rich and comforting blend. Uh, Daisy, who drinks a lot more coffee than I, really likes it. And the advantage we've seen by getting fresh beans delivered to the house is we actually spend less money because you don't go buy that lousy coffee from those big places. Instead, you get really good coffee that you pick right at your house. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. And you've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash automators. Once again, that's drinktrade.com slash automators for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. And our thanks to Trade Coffee for their support of the Automators and all of Relay FM. Okay, so I know that you have curtains that pull shut with uh, very kind of weird automation stuff. Like it doesn't involve like weights and police. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, no. So I have, um, uh, what are they, uh, like, uh, just curtains. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. They're not tab top curtains. Uh, I think they're ring curtains. I'm, I'm trying to remember now uh, what kind of curtains you can have. But let's maybe start with the blinds because I actually have smart blinds. Um, yeah. And you can get more smart blinds now, way more smart blinds than you could uh, when I originally uh, looked into this. Eyelid curtains. That's the kind of curtains I've got. Mm -hmm. um, but um, something else that you can do, um, and again, Akara coming to the rescue here. Akara, I've got some blind controllers. So if you've got blinds, um, then you can actually uh, have, um, like if they're the sort of chain pulley ones, yeah. um, but also uh, rollers. Akara sell a roller that you can uh, put into a blind wow. to control it. Um, and of course, you know, th there's lots of good options out there. We've I uh, had some folks sponsor the show. I have the IKEA blinds. IKEA have uh, more options now than they did before. Yeah. Um, they don't just have blackout. They've also, and the translucent ones, they've got like a, a pleated one, which is quite nice um, and so on. But um, there, there's a lot more options out there. And especially with the um, advent of the Zigbee controllers for this, um, which I personally feel that if you've got a choice between a Zigbee or a Thread device um, or a Wi-Fi device, then you're better off with the Zigbee or Thread one instead of the Wi-Fi one. The more things that you shove onto your network that are connected to the internet, the more likely it is something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have um, smart blinds. And then in front of that, I've got smart curtains. And I've got a combination of SwitchBot curtain controllers and I've got some Akara ones as well. 
um, which uh, basically what they do is they sit on the curtain rail, like, and they they grip the curtain rail, yeah. um, and they are um, next to the innermost ring. So they're between the the first ring. Um, like if, if you have yeah. two curtains closing in the center, you'll need two of these. Um, but the, 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 the ring like, you know, closest to the end and then the one next to it. Um, and so they're inside the curtain on the rail in there and then they just move it forward and backward. Um, and they work super well. I am really impressed. Like my curtains just open for me automatically when it's appropriate and closed. Um, you know, yeah, well, we had our, our last break. Um, I made sure that my curtains closed because um, they, they do obviously make a little bit of noise as they close. Yeah. Um, but it's nice that other than that, they would actually just close automatically in a few minutes because that's when sunset is. And, um, you know, it's it's nice not to have to think about that, but also have it built into something. You know, if I'm going to be recording iOS today, uh, the automation that I run when I'm setting up the show is, hey, is the sun going to be setting in the next little bit? Cool. I'm just going to close the shades right now because this way it's done. And then you set up and then, you know, I might manually tweak some lighting, but the lighting then is, is done based on the fact that it's, it's going to be dark outside and the shades are closed. Yeah. I I'm totally interested in that stuff. I just don't know yet what the acoustics of the room are going to be like, if the acoustics are good enough, I think I'd rather just put a set of, of, sh- of shades or blinds in but if I need the you know sound dampening curtains to kind of absorb noise on the wall, then I'll I'll go up a level. But those sound dampening curtains actually usually have two or three layers to them, and they're kind of heavy. So yeah, that's where the Acara sensor, uh, the Acara driver for the curtains is better than the SwitchBot one. SwitchBot now has a version two, which is really uh, looking you know really really good uh, because I found that the SwitchBot previously struggled with my floor length curtains in the living room. Yeah. Now they're a really nice sort of crushed velvet. They are, um, you know, they're um, thermal as well as um, uh, blackout curtains, which is is great. Um, but they they struggle with it because those are naturally quite heavy. Um, but the the new um, so I have the the rod version for most of mine. I I actually have the rail version as well for some curtains. Um, but um, the new one looks like it's more powerful. But I got the um, Akara one. Um, just because I was curious and wanted to try it out and see if it was really good. And honestly, it's impressive. Um, it's, it's very, very powerful, um, which is great. Um, and, uh, I have to say it's nice that there is a solar panel option with the, uh, the switch bot. Um, that being said, I found just based on the fact that it's so high up, um, and maybe it's just the way that we hang our curtains in the UK, but the curtain rod is not level with the top of the window. It's above the top of the window. So by attaching the solar panel to like the switch bot where the switch bot is hanging, like it, it, it doesn't get as much light as it probably ought to. Um, and so it, it can struggle with recharging via solar. But honestly, I just uh, throw a large battery pack on the windowsill um, with some long USB-C cables um, and, and charge them that way. And it works really well. How often do you have to charge them? Like every six months or so. Yeah, that's not, so not super yeah. often. Like it, it's maybe two to three times a year, uh, more if I'm showing off um, something. But, you know, it, it it's not something that I feel like I need to do regularly at all. Yeah, I see. I'm not sure that I want curtains hanging because it's I don't like the distraction of them and, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with them. But I feel like ultimately I'm probably going to need them because acoustics are a big deal in this room. And the more I can deaden walls, the better. Right. I mean, you might be better off instead of getting curtains of just um, you can get 
those um, some really nice sound dampening pictures um, yeah. where like they're actual like things that you hang on the wall, but they're designed to absorb sound. And the advantage of that is you're not going to have to close them when you want to record something. Um, because otherwise, you know, it's really lovely, nice, uh, sunny day in California, uh, maybe in December when there's fewer sunny days. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then you have to close the curtains because you're going to record. And otherwise there might be a bit of an echo. Um, so you might be, you know, you, you might find that actually doing things like that. And the other thing I've seen, um, we did this in uh, my old office in Austria is we, uh, you know, like fuzzy dice that you can hang from like your rear view mirror type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these were not fuzzy, uh, but they were like cubes, um, which they were just sort of hung from a corner and suspended um, from the ceiling. And they were um, designed to be a sound absorption um, device. And those were quite cool. And they, they came in lots of different uh, artistic shapes and colors, which was uh, quite fun. So that might work and could combine as a decorative item for you. Yeah, there are a lot of options out there for sound absorption and uh, like the the wall treatment I did, the wood wall treatment actually has already helped. But um, I just you know I just got to see, and you don't want the room completely dead. Um, no, but you also don't want it to have a noticeable echo. But no, no, I mean the thing that definitely occurs to me is like having a rug that you throw down on you when you're going to be like recording, especially if you're standing up and doing a video. Yeah, already like having ordered. a rug underneath your feet is. Like, A, it's going to keep your toes a bit warmer, which is always nice. Um, but B, it definitely will absorb any sound from, you know, like just your feet moving on on a, a smooth floor. Yeah. Um, carpet's pretty good for deadening, things like that. Um, and if it's just a, a small rug, then it's easy enough to pick up so that you can uh, have your robot mop uh, whiz around for you. Because I know you've already got one of those. Yeah, I, uh, it's already ordered. The rug is already ordered. <laughs> It, it, it is, is exciting getting all this done, and and I'm sure that it's not going to be perfect at the first go round. But um, being able to like set this stuff up to be automatically kind of running for me is uh, something I'm looking forward to for sure. You know, uh, one of the things I want to do is look at my alarm options. You know, mm. um, I don't want it to be super intrusive, but if like we're both leaving the house, can I arm the doors? Uh, I don't oh. know. Is there is there a HomeKit alarm unit? I've I've seen them in the past, but I've never tried one where it'll make noise. So and... my favorite part of this, David, is you already own one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Which, of course, is everybody's favorite price tag, right? Is free. Um, but uh, if you've got an Akara Hub, it has an alarm system built in. If it you does? get door sensors and motion sensors, I yeah. didn't know that. It does. It yeah. does. So if you get door sensors, motion sensors, then uh, it shows up in HomeKit as an alarm system. Um, so the M1S and M2 hubs, those are the round hubs, yeah. have siren options, uh, which can sound a siren um, f- through the built-in speaker. Uh, personally, I don't recommend that. Uh, if you're going to go with an alarm system, I would recommend the silent alarm system option. Yeah. Uh, because the last thing that you want if somebody does break into your home is for them to, you know, break more things. Yeah. Um, for you uh so i just go with the sun option and just turn on all the lights make it yeah. really really bright yeah. um you know freak them out that way yeah um but the thing is is um you've you've got two alarm systems actually because you've got the eufy and the eufy camera system has yeah. options to do home mode and away mode yeah where it can record differently to yeah. the base station um which is really nice um and obviously HomeKit already handles uh the HomeKit secure video side of things um, but the Akara Hub with those door door and window sensors that I mentioned earlier and a motion sensor can also work as an alarm system for you. 
and you can have it set into different modes semi-automatically through HomeKit. Now, I say semi-automatically because controlling an alarm system is something that requires confirmation. So if you've ever had this um, pop up on your phone, like, hey, uh, the last person just left home, would you like to uh, run the leaving home shortcut, uh, leaving home scene or whatever it is, automation? Like, it's the same as when you try and do a location-based shortcut trigger, right? It's not entirely automatic. Uh, It wants you to tap it to confirm it. Because it's an alarm system, um, just like it would be if it was a lock or a garage door, um, it will require a manual confirmation to run. And you can work around this, as a side note, by having it turn on a, a either real or fake switch uh, when you leave and then use the real or fake switch to turn on the alarm system or open the lock or close the lock or whatever it is. Um, so it's up to you, obviously, how you do that. Personally, I, I went with building um, a fun alarm system in Home Assistant because I'm that kind of weird nerdy girl. Um, but, um, you know, you, you actually already have an alarm system, which is just something I'm really happy to be able to tell you. So I'm not costing you more money here, David. I'm Good. saving you money. Well, I want to talk about Home Assistant in a minute because I think that is going to answer a bunch of problems, except I don't have mine yet. But um, <laughs> that's going to be really useful. In terms of locks, I do have a HomeKit-enabled deadbolt in there. Nice. And, um, so you know things are are coming together for this uh, for this build. Uh, what am I missing in terms of home automation stuff that you would be using with a space like this? Well, I think one of the things um, that I have really built into my system and and my day is using lights and other things as cues for me personally. So, you know, if I'm supposed to be doing this sort of thing, um, this is actually a trick I stole from Scotty Jackson, who, who was on the show uh, not that long ago, my co-host on Nested Folders. He has different colors to indicate that, hey, you're supposed to be doing a bit of planning right now, right? You know, like stop doing the planning, get ready for this and so on. Um, and I've been experimenting with that. I got a, a small colored lamp and popped it on my desk. Um, and uh, I have that change color um, depending on what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I'm actually, uh, I'm waiting for uh, a new arrival of mine, uh, which is a Lumi cube. Um, so it's an LED matrix cube where you can light it up in different colors. But I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to light it up with like a colored icon and a little bit of helper text underneath um, to tell me, hey, like you're supposed to be doing this thing now. Um, like you've got X, Y, Z time until this. It's a little bit like TJ Luoma's uh, Stream Deck button with for the calendar, where it where it co- colors a button like red if the if there's something immediately happening on your calendar, or yellow if it's a little while away, or or black if it's you know not happening for ages. Um, and uh, I think that you know having that tied in there has been really useful, um, and also just making sure that I don't forget to turn things off. You know, it's not that I actively hate the environment. I love the environment, uh, but I do have a tendency to forget to turn off lights um, in rooms. Um, And I think some of this has been made a little bit worse potentially by having entirely automated lights because like I expect them to turn on and then turn off again and get a bit confused when things don't necessarily happen like that. Um, But uh, it is really great to know, you know, like when I when I've finished for the day in my office, it puts the heating back to a much lower temperature um, and it will turn off the lights and so on for me. And then before I'm going to go to bed, it'll remind me like, hey, don't forget, you know, you left the window open in this room and things like that, which all just help me stay on top of the things that I am usually pretty good at doing by myself. But it means that I can, you know, 
not not think about it at all uh just because you know i've got other things that i want to be thinking about which is really nice um as you know as far as these things go as david ellen said right if you if you keep thinking about it then you you've not finished uh it's still a problem right you don't trust your system well i don't trust my system at all uh like my mental system so i just offboarded all of that into home automation one of the things I'm interested in is this idea of a status board. And I've been using an iPad parked under my main screen for about mm-hmm. a year now, and that works great. Uh, but because, you know, I'm spending so much money, I figured why not spend a little more. I bought, um, a, you know, a deal on a TV off Amazon that I'm mm-hmm. going to hang in the studio. It's not going to be in my direct line of sight when I get my screen, my, uh, my computer screen. But uh, one of the ideas for it is is to have an iPad driving just the iPad home screen at it all day and set it up as a big status board where it's going to have the time, my appointments, my pending tasks. And I think all of this would be fairly simple with just using the home screen of the iPad widgets and a, you know, and a conversion to an HDMI cable and just have it run it. Yes. Uh, that certainly would be possible. But the other thing that occurs to me, David is, you know, you, you kind of put a little bit of pin in it earlier uh, when you get Home Assistant, a Home Assistant dashboard can do all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, you can have it uh, switch between um, dashboards in Home Assistant automatically through shortcuts as well. Yeah. Um, because the Home Assistant app, of course, has got shortcut support, um, which, you know, makes displays like that really, uh, really cool and useful. Uh, I've been experimenting with using um, the cast feature that's built into Home Assistant to get um, dashboards to appear on uh, my kitchen TV, uh, but I have a slight problem. Well, I have a multitude of problems. Uh, the kitchen TV is very old, um, and the Chromecast that I'm using for that is also very old. Uh, and surprise, surprise, guess what happens? It it somehow like just massively over over overestimates the size of the screen, so I'm missing like a good inch around the edges. Yeah. Um, but um, on, on other TVs, it works great. Um, and on other devices, it works really well. Um, and I've been playing with this and being able to like tie it into different things so that I see a different dashboard or areas of the dashboard at various times can be really, really helpful. So I don't see a bunch of stuff, you know, while I'm working. Um, but then I do see things at other times. I really wish that we had re- got the, uh, the different home screens um, with uh, iPadOS 16 this year because we yeah. only got them on iPhone. Because that would be really great, right? You know, you're in a podcasting mode and it shows you, hey, like this, this bit of information is really useful to you right now. Yep. Um, so, but, uh, you know, next year, next year. But in the meantime, like you'll you'll be able to open and, and close different apps automatically. Um, I'm, I, I kind of feel like if we can get Pushcut Automation Server running, uh, maybe even on that same iPad, um, and then, you know, just have it uh, update things for you, that would be even better. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Rogue Amiga. Congratulations, Rogue Amoeba Software is celebrating their 20th anniversary. That means two full decades of making amazing audio apps for the Mac. If you're a podcaster, musician, or just someone who listens to audio on their Mac, Rogue Amoeba can make your life better. Whatever you want to do with audio, it's a very good bet they have a tool to help you. With Audio Hijack, you can record any audio. Loopback gives you extremely powerful audio routing without needing cables or mixers. And SoundSource is the sound control that should be built into macOS, but isn't. Honestly, I love all of those three and, you know, everything else that I've used from Rogue Amoeba. But I really love the fact that 
all of these apps just help me do everything that I need to do easier. I had an issue recently where I was getting a really strange sound periodically, randomly, seemingly happening on my Mac. Couldn't figure out what it was doing. Well, I just pinned open SoundSource and I was able to spot the culprit really quickly. And because I didn't need audio from that, I muted that app. Perfect. Solved. Rogue Amoeba doesn't run constant gimmicky sales or discounts. They charge fair prices all the time. But in celebration of their anniversary, they are making an exception. For a very limited time to celebrate their 20 years in business, you can get 20% off any purchase from Rogue Amoeba. You don't need any coupon codes or special URLs. Just visit macaudio.com before the end of September to save 20% on anything they make. Download free trials, then buy online to receive the discounted price. Congratulations to Rukamiba on their 20 great years. Wowzers. Visit them at macaudio.com. Our thanks to Rukamiba for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Rose, you've been teasing me about Home Assistant now for like six months, you know? <laughs> and uh, so when you told me about it, you're like, this is amazing. It really helps. Uh, I ordered one. And, yeah, uh, you ordered Home Assistant Yellow, uh, to be clear. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. the new, that's the currently, they just started shipping it. And um, yeah. uh, mine has not come yet. I could have had it today if I wanted to go and buy a, um, you know, a computing device and install it and do all that. I mean, I didn't have to wait six months. But I just decided uh, I got a lot on my plate right now. I don't want to fiddle with this. I'll order one. It'll be done when it gets here. I don't have to worry about it. And um, But today you keep talking about it. So I feel like I don't even really know what this home assistant thing is supposed to do. If, if you think of home automation yeah. as, um, you know, uh, a, a system, okay? It's like an operating system, right? Sure. Um, you can have HomeKit, um, which is the sort of Mac OS of operating systems, but it's really more of an iOS uh, of operating systems in that it certainly has amazing features and it's definitely got some some good bonuses of the fact that, you know, it requires your devices to have local control. So if your internet is down, uh, then you you can still control your devices providing you're on the same Wi-Fi network um, and so on and things like that. Um, but it's also... Uh, limited in the fact that it has to explicitly support HomeKit for your device to work. And I've always been okay with that because my wife and kids also use it. And I yeah. feel like I don't want to make it so complex that that makes them crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you can also see like, you know, it's the same like as we have with the Home app where yeah. if you use the Home app to do to automate something, you've only got these options. But if you use, say, controller for HomeKit... Um, or Home Plus, then you get more options when you run an automation. Yeah, You know, you can improve it, but Apple's still limiting you. Um, and I'm not suggesting this is an artificial limitation. It's set up because, quite frankly, this is what a lot of people want or need. But for those of us who want or need to be able to do more, Home Assistant is an open source um, and it does have an operating system option that will be running on the Home Assistant yellow that you get, David. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, which will let you integrate with, I believe, last time I checked, I'm just going to go to the Home Assistant website a second, which is homeassistant.io, home-assistant. It is 2,176 integrations in Home Assistant. So this is everything from Sonos and the IKEA stuff um, to 
you know, it has direct Zigbee and Z-Wave uh, integrations, Ring Doorbell, Lutron, um, and Leviton, uh, for example. But it also integrates with Google Calendar, Todoist, Remember the Milk. Um, and it can even integrate with things like um, uh, uh, Starling, which is a bank over here in the UK. Uh, it can integrate with your energy company to tell you how much energy you're using. And of course, it's got HomeKit support and they're they're working um, with uh, Matter on getting uh, Matter and Thread support in there as well. The Home Assistant Yellow that you get, David, should indeed have uh, Thread support, which is a really nice option. Um, but the idea of Home Assistant is I don't have to buy a device that's specifically labeled for HomeKit because it, as we all know, when we go and look at these things, right, if you go and look at a case for a phone, if you're looking for a case for, say, I don't know, a Samsung phone, it's probably, say, 20 bucks. And if you look at the same case for an iPhone, it's 25. You've got the Apple tax, right? And some of this is warranted, some of it's not warranted. But if you look for a HomeKit compatible device, uh, you will always be looking at the more expensive option pretty much. Like, it's it's really going to be cheaper than the non-HomeKit one. And especially when you look and you can see two devices on the shelf next to each other. One of them's got the HomeKit sticker and the other one doesn't. You can tell that there's a price difference without even looking at the tags. Um, but what this allows you to do, among other things, is connect whatever you want into your home automation system. And you could just use it as an advanced version of HomeBridge and say, hey, I just want to like share these devices that don't have HomeKit support back into HomeKit. But what you can also do is make your own devices. So I don't have a garage, right? Um, like I, I live in an apartment. It doesn't have a garage. I have a parking space. It's a very nice parking space. Um, but I don't have a garage. But HomeKit and CarPlay have support for a garage door, which if you turn on Siri suggestions in CarPlay will show up on that screen where you've got like half of it's a map and then there's there's music and, and some other things on the left-hand side. It'll show up as a Siri suggestion if you've got a garage door when you arrive home. Well, I made a garage door. I just shared my door lock into HomeKit as a garage door. And now when I get home, I can tap the garage door button and it unlocks my door for me as I get out of the car. Um, I added a slight delay to that before I did it. But that means that I now have the option to unlock my door as I'm getting out of the car, which especially if it's raining, can save me a couple of seconds of standing there getting a bit wet, um, which you know is really nice. But I've also been able to integrate my calendar. So when iOS Today is about to start, um, or 30 minutes before, it will turn on my lava lamp for me. So I don't need to think about that. And my dumb heaters, which I put on smart plugs, well, I connected a temperature sensor to it and said, okay, temperature sensor plus smart plug on heater equals HomeKit thermostat. Because that's something that I was able to do through the generic thermostat integration. And so that's kind of the first part of it, of taking whatever it is that you've got, even if it's a smart device, and making it smarter. But then there's the other side of it, which is the automations, where you can say, okay, every automation has pre been pre-converted to a shortcut. There is no convert to shortcut option. It's always a shortcut, essentially. And then I can say, hey, uh, I'm going to have a choose. Okay, so uh, if it is uh, Monday, I want you to do this. Uh, if it is raining, I want you to do that. Um, and otherwise, I want you to do this other thing. And all of that is just built into the automation system, which, you know, you can use or you can not use depending on what you want. 
Um, so you have all of those options. And then, you know, you've, you've got a dashboard of your home showing you kind of whatever it is that you want to see in whatever way that you want to see it. So if I log into my home assistant dashboard right now, um, I can see, um, you know, obviously all of, you know, the things in my home. I can see that I have um, a, a range of 161 kilometers in my car. So I can drive 161 kilometers without running out of fuel. Uh, though I should probably fill up before then. Uh, my 3D printer isn't running, but if it were, it would tell me that the estimated time that it was going to finish. I can see all the lights that are on, any window shades that are open, uh, what's up with the robot vacuum if it needed emptying, um, or uh, the water needed filling up for the mopping function. It, I could, I would see that. Uh, ditto my my dryer or my washer. It would tell me if those needed emptying, um, and it's telling me my dishwasher does need emptying, which is good. I'm glad to see that that's finished. And all of this information has been customized to be exactly what I need when I need it. So if it's a day where I'm going to be in the office in Bristol because I'm working, then it will show me, uh, you know, when the train is leaving because that's information that's important. And I've managed to customize that into a very personal home dashboard. And you don't have to go that whole hog and do all of that. But you can. You've got the option to do it. It has an energy dashboard. So if you integrate your energy supplier, um, and integrate could just be as simple as sign in to your energy supplier through Home Assistant, then it can show you how much energy you're using. So I can see uh, right now that I'm doing pretty good at not using electricity today, which is good considering the prices. Um, but yesterday was not such a great day. Um, but, you know, uh, I can I can actually see what's going on there. And it's just a way to automate your home that is very much focused on if you can do it locally, you should do it locally. Um, so you don't want to be talking to a cloud before you talk to a device to control it. Okay. Well, see, I had thought it was just like a Rosetta Stone and we'll let you talk to anything, but it's more than that. I it, mean, it, can, it it certainly is, but it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine ships, uh, my, I just checked my email. They say I'm going to get it on November 4th. So lovely. right about then, I'm going to be playing with it. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll even do a show on it, depending on how far down the rabbit hole I go. But Rose, thank you so much for for walking me through. Because I feel like um, uh, I have not gone deep enough with HomeKit in some instances because it just didn't make sense in the past. Uh, mm. I'm definitely going to be sending some money to Akara and maybe Hugh, and I'll be reporting back. And I really hope the next time you and I sit down and record, I'll be in indoor studios with good lighting and sound and all those cool things. Lovely. I can't wait for it. I want to thank our sponsors today. That's our friends over at Electric, Trade, LinkedIn Jobs, and Rogue Amoeba. We're the automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators, or you can find our website at talk.automators.fm. We also have a great and active forum. You should check it out, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, folks. <laughs>